Gear up as Katz Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. And today we're going to be talking about building out content for niche businesses, very specific ones that are, you know, they're unique. They're not your, you know, they're not an HVAC company, which there are a lot, and I'm sure they're all unique, you know, individually, um, or plumbers or digital marketing agencies. And, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about really unique businesses. I've got with me Tucker Wolf. He runs Wolf Media Group and they work within the racing space of all things. Yeah, it's like and build content for that in you know industry and the race teams they work with. Tucker, it's great to have you on. Tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, who you work with. Yeah. Hey Cash. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited to really excited to be on the show with you. Yeah. So as you said, um, I'm the owner and operator of a media company called Wolf Media Group. Um, and so we primarily deal in the motorsports industry, as you said. I work with grassroots and semi-pro drivers, uh, racing drivers and racing organizations, um, helping with their content marketing and basically anything that has to do with their digital footprint. Um, so that includes websites, social media presence, um, and pretty much everything in between sponsorship activation and management um and so yeah that's that's what i work with it's quite a unique audience as you said it's mm -hmm. not a very traditional business um i grew up in motorsports grew up around it my father and grandfather were both in motorsports for the majority of their lives uh, and my brother and i also manage and run our own team now as well so yeah it's great to be here thanks for having me yeah it's great to have you on i want to give a shout out to the industry too because you know, I live um, a place called Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and we have um, about 45 minutes from us. There is a Duck River way, uh, Raceway. It's a dirt track. And I'll tell you what, I take my son out there and it is some of the best entertainment you're going to get. Yes, they all go left, um, <laughs> you know, but it's unlike NASCAR, like NASCAR is great, you know, mm -hmm. but unlike that, it can be it's got this like family friendly environment. It's, you know, yeah. Everything is like uh, if you you know could imagine racing being back in the fifties and sixties and early. There's a lot of money goes into these cars though, but you can oh, see yeah. the uh, you know really like midget cars, really small to these bigger th you know you know beasts that and it's loud you know. Oh, but yeah. you can yeah bring you your really, earplugs <laughs> yeah for like yeah wear your earplugs you know. But it's very old school. It's, it makes it a lot of fun. It's um very laid back and relaxed kind of um you know, atmosphere. And for, yeah. I know it, I don't know about other tracks, but where we go for 30 bucks, you can get a pit pass and get in there and see the cars. We, you know, we have a client yeah. that races. It's just a lot of, um, you know, really good entertainment. Um, and, but be prepared. These races last a while. Cars do break yeah. down. <laughs> um, you know, and you'll, yeah. you'll spend the whole evening there. You know, we've gotten home at as late as like one o'clock in the morning oh, yeah, because yeah. they just keep racing away. And, and it's very continuous. Yeah, well, it's it's like you said, it's a great family activity. Um, the cool thing, you know, the the track that's close to you that you mentioned is a dirt track. I, you know, I have where I am in upstate South Carolina, we have, you know, five or six dirt tracks within an hour, an hour and a half drive. Mm -hmm. um, and the cool thing about like the dirt racing scene and some of the more grassroots level racing is that one, you know, the big boys, NASCAR, 
and things like that came from dirt track racing back in the day. That's where that's where all the big drivers um, from a few decades back, that's where they all cut their teeth. Um, and that's really what it came from. Um, so there's a lot of history there. It's fun for the family. You know, kids love to see race cars. Um, there's a reason kids love, you know, want to be a race car driver when yep. they grow up. Yeah. Um, so it, it's good fun and uh yeah it's a good time and it's growing really really fast which is great yeah and and the one thing to know if you ever watch a race you know the kind of the idea of what it's like a little bit is if you ever watch like um fast and furious tokyo drift that's probably the best <laughs> one like the best example so if you've seen these guys you know doing drift races and things like yeah. that and then while they're doing it on concrete these guys are basically going in around the entire, you know, track as one big drift. It's just constant. Yeah, much. They, they don't have much in the way of straightaways. Yeah. You know, no, to really pretty much up. always sideways. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at the front, the car is actually designed for it too. Yeah. You know, that's right. You know, the front fenders and everything are actually at an angle because they're all, <laughs> you know, to give them the best traction, airflow and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's really a unique experience, but it's a lot of fun. And yeah. So you do content, you know, for, you know, and racing, this is a good example of a very unique industry that can, that benefits from this kind of, you know, from content creation. So walk us through what kind of things are you doing for Mm -hmm. your clients? And, you know, because they're, like I said, they're racing teams. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, when you think about marketing, right, there's often two big categories, which would be like direct marketing, which is advertising and things like that that want to lead to direct sales. Um, Today, now there's this sort of sort of new type of marketing called content marketing, which um, is more it's not really about direct sales. It's more about enhancing the brand, um, which will eventually lead to um, more sales and more high value sales. Right. Um, and so sales for a racing team uh, isn't necessarily the same as sales for a traditional business, like you said, like an, like an HVAC company or a plumbing mm-hmm. company or even things like a coffee shop. Um, since, you know, racers often don't sell a specific product other than um, maybe T-shirts and hats and merchandising. Um, instead, what they want to sell is really sell themselves. Um, they want to increase their audience. They want more engaged fans. Um, and they also, a lot of times, need sponsors. Um, and so when you think about sales for motorsports, a lot of it is sponsorship related. Um, for people who aren't super familiar, the way that a well-run sponsorship typically goes is a business or company will exchange product or cash to a racing team in return for marketing value. Um, and then the racing team basically becomes an extension of that business's marketing. Um, so content is really important for a few reasons for non-traditional businesses, because especially in racing, it's a great content platform. Uh, what, what we do as racers is cool. It's exciting. It's fast and fun. And it's something that not very many people really ever get to experience in their lives outside of maybe going to a NASCAR race here or there possibly. Um, so we have pretty much the perfect platform to create content around something that, that gets people excited. And it's interesting. Um, And so that's a big reason why we harness content is because what we do is not not what a what the average person is going to see on their Instagram feed every day. Um, So we have the ability to stop the scroll, you might say. Right. 
um, just because what we do is is flashy and fun. Um, yeah, so that that's a big reason as to why we harness content marketing over direct advertising or direct sales type of marketing. Yeah, because it's it increases so the attractiveness for the sponsor in this case is mm -hmm. if you have a bigger audience, content helps you grow that audience. It helps Absolutely. put you know more people um, you know end up following you. Yep. And that is the attractiveness for any business that's going to sponsor. Cause it's like, it's one thing to, you know, these guys are like race cars, you know, and you're going to see just like any NASCAR race, you're going to see logos and things oh, yeah. on the cars. Yes. You're getting that placement. Okay. But it's the following that, you know, that race team, you know, or business might've built up that makes it worth sponsoring them. And that's the yeah. idea. If the audience is bigger, the sponsor is thinking I can get my business and my brand in front of all those eyeballs yep. uh, and they're interested. So that's why, you know, I say, if you think, uh, you know, with, in the case of racing teams, you know, it's somebody's going to sponsor the, you know, there's a, could be a tire store. There could be, yeah, you know, car parts, um, yeah. you know, companies like AutoZone and things, you know, like yeah, the local, you, want, you want to match the sponsor with whatever audience you're in front of. Um, mm -hmm. there's a reason pretty much every single dirt car has a trucking company sponsor. It's because the people in the stands are truck drivers. They're yeah. oftentimes blue collar, hardworking people. And so on dirt cars, you'll see welding companies, you'll see trucking companies, um, things like AutoZone and things like that. And, you know, when you go over to NASCAR, a lot of NASCAR fans, uh, work on their own car in their garage. So uh -huh. things like AutoZone, Napa Auto Parts, they're big sponsors because they know that the NASCAR audience is who they want to be in front of. Um, it's the same thing with like energy drinks, for example. There's a lot yeah. of energy drinks that sponsor motorsports. The reason for that is one, an energy drink wants to be associated with something that's viewed as extreme and dangerous and crazy. Mm -hmm. But yeah. also the people who are watching motorsports are often people who will buy an energy drink when they visit the gas station, when they fill up their gas, um, you yep. know, and so they know who is in the stands. They know who's watching on TV. And those are the sponsors that are going to get the most value out of it. Um, so you have to you have to know who you're talking to, just like any other type of business and any other type of marketing. You have to know who your target demographic is. And then speak to them in a way that they're going to hear you and listen. Yeah, that's that's the idea. You know, you're always wanting to get in front of that right target audience. And so mm -hmm. not every brand, of course, is going to want to sponsor because the target audience isn't going to be correct for them. Absolutely. You know, but but depending on the type of business you have, you know, and who you're trying to reach, I say it could be that you run a nonprofit. It could be like we work with um, a number of archery stores, you know, mm -hmm. as an area. And okay. often um, archery stores, you know, they'll end up think of sponsoring archery teams because, you know, they want to be in front of the the players like my uh, my son's in archery in archery in his high school. And awesome. so you see sponsors at the events um, yeah. and if they're putting out, you know, the team could put out specific kind of content. A lot of times it's the players, it's the actual archers, you know, right. because um, we've been to archery conventions and you'll see them walking around and, you know, these are like world-class, like, yeah, um, yeah, archers, you know, they're competing at a very high level. 
Right. But those people are wearing all of these different sponsorships. Now they're creating content. They're building audiences amongst the archery community. You know, mm -hmm. amateurs that, you know, they have the equipment, they go out, maybe they're hunters, you know, but they want to, you know, use a, a bow and arrow. You right. know, they, like I said, they want to do it that way. Right. You know, and so they build up followings and they use content to do it. You know, in which case though, those brands that, you know, there's a, they want to sponsor those people. Yes, they're great players. Okay. Right. They're great at what they do, but it's the following that they've built up using the content, the places they've been, the contests they've been in. It's the content that you put out there is the reason the sponsors get behind them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just recently a new commercial aired on television with uh, a Formula One car driving through the drive through of uh, Chipotle. <laughs> and yeah. And, Obviously, it's eye-catching, it's fun, it's cool, and basically anybody that's a Formula One fan might go get a Chipotle bowl that day. Yeah. Um, and so, and there's a good, there's a really, really solid data that shows that, you know, sponsorship, if you play it right, and if you get in front of the right audience and everything like that, there's a huge link between somebody who loves Formula One and their willingness to go pay money to a brand that they see supported in racing. Um, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, so like you said, I mean, the content is there, it's, it's a great way for them to get in front of people and, you know, content marketing, especially when you're not looking for, okay, we need to hit X number of sales because of this advertisement. It's a great way to enhance the brand and generate more sales in the long run. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. Generate more sales. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk the actual strategy behind the content. You sure. know, you're building up a following and since you've been doing it with different racing teams, mm -hmm. what's kind of your process, you know, because I say you got to make it stand out. You're trying to, you know, you want to build a following because this is what leads to other things, you know, the ultimate yep. sale, whatever form that may take. So how do you go about, you know, determining what kind of content to use? Yeah. Making it unique. What's your process look like? Yeah. So, um, it's not the same with every single client, right? Um, cause each person, each team, each organization, each business is different. And really what, what each racing team or driver is, is it's a business. It needs to be run very similar to how a traditional business is run, uh, which is surprising to some people. Um, because a lot of people view it motorsports as a hobby or things like that. And for many people it is, but for the people who want to go places with it, it needs to be viewed as a business and marketed as a business. Um, and so one of the first, and I would say most important pieces, um, with every single motorsports client and even in non-motorsports, um, is to try and understand what their strengths are. What comes naturally to this business? What comes naturally to the business owner or the driver or the team? Um, what are they naturally good at? Um, and each one of those, each you know, person is so different that what comes naturally to someone is going to be very different between two clients. Um, and so I try to play to those strengths. Um, you know, a lot of people when, so for, for example, when they're looking for sponsorship, think you need to be cold calling all day and cold emailing all day. Mm -hmm. um, and for some people who are nervous on the phone and for some people who aren't natural salespeople, it's a horrible strategy. It, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work because it doesn't play to their strength. Maybe instead they're great at making, you know, short form video 
that is informational and educational. So because maybe that takes the social anxiety out of that equation for them. Um, so instead of telling them to go cold call 100 people every day for the next week, instead, let's put together some informational, educational, short form videos that might get in front of the right target audience. And that can be produced at a high value um, and make a good impact because that's naturally what they're suited to. Um, I'm all about being well-rounded and it's important to work on your weaknesses and, and try to develop things into strengths that you aren't naturally accustomed to. But at the same yeah. time, uh, you know, don't try to be something that you're not and don't make your brand something that it isn't. Um, it, mm -hmm. Following what naturally comes to me has always helped with my own business and with my clients. Because yeah. um, at the end of the day, what I do, you know, I run a business as well. So I've had to figure out how to market my business and Wolf Media Group um, to the audience that I want to be in front of. And, and whenever you try to fit into a box that doesn't work, it just it's usually a lot of heartache and a lot of wasted hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, content is very time intensive, even with AI Absolutely. and things to help you. You know, honestly, you depending if you're in a very specific niche business, it's hard to use those. Like you can use those tools, but you're going to need to do more work no matter what, because yeah, it it's not as straightforward. You have to find angles. Like I say, if you're doing, you know, if you're uh, working for a race team, you know, and figuring out that there's, you know, you talk short form video. Well, AI is mm -hmm. not filming video, you know, video for you. Yeah. yeah so, that's true. so you don't have as many shortcuts like that to be able to do it, in which case you have to find other ways and you have to look and make sure that what you do is authentic. I, we do a lot of video production and to kind of speak to what you say, said, you know, um, we've worked with a number of business owners over the years, you know, we'll do about videos and it, you would think it would be the easiest thing to tell your own story, mm -hmm. but people freeze <laughs> up all the time on camera. Absolutely. Even if you're just asking, you don't even have to say, Hey, I need you to do a script or anything. You just give them bullet points and you're watching them. And so often we have to use voiceover because it's not their strength there. Yeah. You know, some people can be great on camera, but if they're not, like you mentioned, don't yeah. make them do something that they're not going to be good at anyway, because it's not going to be a good final product and it's not really going to be a fit. You know, exactly. there's other ways to go about it. Well, and with content taking as much time as it does, you know, that that's like the major complaint that I hear from so many people um, is that, well, I just don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. Mm -hmm. Well, if it, it's only more laborious, if you're trying to do something that you're not comfortable with to begin with, mm -hmm. um, yeah. content is hard to begin with. So when you're trying to do content and do it in a way that is not comfortable to the client, it's going to be even worse. Um, and they're going to feel even worse about the process and the final product. Um, so, you know, you want to make it as seamless as you can um, because it's something that most people aren't super accustomed to doing anyways, creating content. Yeah. Um, and so you want to make it as, as easy of a process as possible. So that way they get a good experience with it. Um, maybe they even enjoy doing it if it's something that they're good at. Um, and like I said, it's important to be well-rounded, but at the same time, you know, if you can give yourself a leg up, then, then I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that in terms of generating content. Yeah. Let's talk, um, types of content a little bit. Yeah. Sure. What do you typically in your case, let's say with racing teams, you know, you've got content that's entertainment, you know, and yeah, can draw absolutely. a lot of people in, but at the same time, you know, you can be using content that educates. And in the case of racing, 
I can see a lot of the entertainment. I can see value in the education, but mm-hmm. how do you balance the two? Because the education would come a lot of it about the team, what they're doing, but the sport in general. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I usually, you know, what I think works best is kind of thinking about it like investments. Um, I want to have a, just like investments, I want my content to be diversified and have a healthy diversity of content forms and also on content platforms. Um, So for example, someone who is scrolling on LinkedIn is not going to be looking for the same thing as someone who's scrolling on Instagram. Um, Now you want to make sure that you stay within platforms that fit your brand. Um, and I'm a big advocate of not biting off more than you can chew. So I don't think every brand needs to be on every single platform, but I do think it's good to have a healthy balance. Um, you know, entertainment, someone is looking for, uh, someone on Instagram is looking for entertainment. Someone on LinkedIn is going to be looking for education or news or, you know, more thoughtful pieces. Right. Um, and so just like you want to have a healthy a healthy variety of education and entertainment. I think it's smart to be on at least a few different platforms um, to make sure that with each piece of content, you're speaking to the right person um, and when they're in the right headspace. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've often talked with you know other guests um, about making sure, like I say, the platforms you're on match up for the business and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's the right audience. Yeah. yeah. Like I say, I, racing is probably, you know, I know you post some stuff on LinkedIn, you know, individually, which, which is smart from your standpoint, because you're promoting your own business and the things you do now exactly. from a race team standpoint, you know, that's obviously not their primary platform. I mean, yeah. maybe, you know, it could be a, a benefit if you're trying to put it in front of potential sponsors, you know, right. that kind of thing. But otherwise it's, if you're growing the audience, then it's going to be more, um, of a, TikTok crowd, Facebook, you know, it depends. If you're trying to reach that older audience, that's probably already invested, yeah. you know, in the sport already, you know, follows it and stuff. It's probably more of a Facebook, but if you're trying to convert new people to the sport and following teams and getting interested, then it's a TikTok thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I do have a few, you know, racing organizations that are on LinkedIn, but we only, we only go and post there when we want to connect with people on a professional level. Mm-hmm. Um, LinkedIn is made for, professionals and people who are in a working environment. And so we don't try to go put a TikTok video on LinkedIn because that's not what they're there for. Um, So yeah, you have to be, you have to think about these things a little bit. Um, A lot of people will just kind of try and, you know, blindly put stuff out there. And and the reason that it doesn't convert is because they're not putting enough thought into, okay, where is it going? Who is it going to? How am I structuring the language behind this? And it, you know, is it speaking to the right audience? Yeah. Um, do you use any form of user generated content with, um, racing teams? Cause some, a lot of businesses can benefit, but it's a little more difficult. You know, oh, yeah. Hold off. I can create content all day long for myself, you know, but right. getting others to as, do it more as a spontaneous thing. Right. Yeah. You know, how do you, yeah. how do you approach So that? I always encourage, you know, one of the great ways to to develop an engaged audience is to have people in your audience who will do some of the marketing for you. Um, people who will spread the word for you is huge in, in so many different types of businesses. But um, spreading the word digitally is also really important. And even in, in non-traditional business like motorsports. Um, mm-hmm. So 
one of the ways that we do that is by participating in community events. Uh, you know, pretty much every business can benefit from parking a race car in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah uh, that's true. I, you I know, know I've gone to, <laughs> we, we, we follow monster trucks and I've gone to, you know, like we've done to monster jam and things and, uh, done a few <laughs> gone to a few things where there's a monster truck sitting there uh, yeah. i think i went to the zoo once and had it you know there was one sitting <laughs> there. Yeah. yeah so uh you know one of the ways that we try to do that is by getting involved in the community um and i think a lot of non-traditional businesses can benefit from that um and the reason for that is you speak to so many people so many people you know you're in front of that do work in traditional industries and who are traditional business owners or technicians or service managers or anything like that at all and when they take a picture of their kid climbing into the race car mm -hmm. or when they take a picture with the driver or get an autographed you know piece of literature or whatever it is they're doing user generated content for you because those photos are going to go on Facebook. Those photos yeah. are going to go on Instagram or whatever. And all of that is driving traffic towards what you do. So that's one way that we do it. Um, you know, obviously merchandising is a big element of motorsports. Um, and so when someone buys a hat, you know, it's good to always encourage them to, to take a selfie and tag us. Um, that's a good example of user generated content. And all of that also ties into relatability. Um, you always want to be relatable to your audience. And so if you can tap into the human element of what you do, you know, other people who aren't part of the team or aren't the driver themselves, you know, being a part of the race team by taking a selfie with the race car or having their kids climb all yeah. over it and, and have fun with it. Um, those are all ways that you can develop user generated content that is relatable and shows a human side of things. Yeah, I think uh, your example of having somebody, you know, they get some merchandise, you know, wearing it and then taking mm -hmm. a picture. And that's the kind of thing, you know, that businesses should really be. You have to I know it's an overused phrase, but you got to think outside the box a little bit. So if you took sure, yeah, if you took that and, you know, you could take so you ship e-commerce products. That is your business model. It could be very specific. Maybe it's just hats, you know, and it's sure. all sort of quirky ones or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could within the box that you ship the hat include a message ask them to do these things exactly you know hey if you really love the product we'd love it you know love if you try it on take a photo post to your social media hashtag you know and yeah. you know tag us in it and all of that um to get things kind of rolling and if you had to you can offer an, an incentive too now oh, yeah. the incentive yeah, could can. be as simple as you know we'll if if um, you tag us, we'll send you a coupon for 10% off your next order, which helps generate another order, you know, things like exactly. that. So, so you can do those things. You have to be creative, but if you're going to ship the product anyway, what's the big deal about adding a piece of paper, you know, piece of paper or, you know, a sticker or a signed mm -hmm. hero card for those who don't know a hero card is basically, um, it's usually like a four by six postcard of the driver and their sponsors, maybe some oh. information. Um, they're great for autographs and giving out and, you know, people like to hang them on their fridge or whatever. Um, and so, that's, you know, yeah, including awesome those idea. things, including those things in orders that are already going out. I mean, it's it's a extremely low cost way of establishing some more, you know, love and affection towards what you're doing um, yeah. from a consumer. Yeah, you you take it from multiple directions because 
you know, you're encouraging them to buy more merchandise later. You're encouraging them to do something, you know, to um, do content for you that's going to be online. You're building right. a loyal following because you're saying, hey, this is, you know, we include this little bonus. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it literally could be that the driver, you know, you do just like you mentioned, a four by six, a postcard and the driver takes a minute. You know, I mean, come on, you know, how many autograph signings and things are out there. So ask exactly. the driver to sign a hundred of the dang things, you know, and yeah, send, them exactly. out, send them out as needed. And then, you know, cause he, the driver, it's their business, you oh, know, yeah. so, oh, yeah. so they're going to be more willing to do that. And it's just a little signed, you know, you don't have to add a personal message or anything that it's the no. car, it's him, it's a signature to it. You yeah. know, and it's meant for their, you know, let's say put on their, you know, fridge door. So yep. it's those kinds of things can help you. And, and it doesn't just help you generate the content. It hits multiple aspects to benefit your business. You know, exactly. build that customer loyalty. Those are some great ideas. Yeah. I really advocate for including freebies and things, you know, and freebies can be almost anything, but uh, something that's just, you know, you always want to think about, okay, how can I inspire trust? in this customer or this person um how how can i inspire them to trust our brand you know instead mm -hmm. of when they see somebody else they're still going to come back to us um and so little little tokens like that go a long way because they're extremely underused and so you know yes they ordered a hat and when somebody asks them you know hey whose hat is that what hat is that that, that you're wearing you know it's like oh it's it's from these guys and they're going to talk more about you at length and with affection because you went the extra mile to make them happy and put a smile on their face that day um, yeah those things go a long way with people yeah i mean it's like you don't even if you included something as simple as a signed postcard you don't even have to um necessarily you know give them an incentive towards another product you can do it if right. you want but that alone is going to encourage them. You know, you'd still have the ask of, hey, yeah. if you don't mind on your social media, you know, um, if you really like the products, you know, can you do this? Yeah. You know, um, and in some cases, you know, so maybe you don't have a driver. I was just thinking about this for a second. Maybe you don't have something as, you know, because you're not a sports team or something. Sure. Creative. If you have, you know, in a lot of cases for businesses, they have, you know, um, mascots they have characters they have any number yeah. of things well you include that instead so it's like yeah put a put a card in there of the mascot and have the mascot sign the thing right yeah you know, so you have somebody you know somebody signs every there's a number of things that, you know the, the point being there's all sorts of ways to be creative generate absolutely. more content really build you know your following make them you know loyal to you because right. you take that and you know extra little step you go you know you show your appreciation for them and people you know they like that that's what's going to yeah. keep them coming back and uh, yeah. not just because well, they support a team or a yeah product. exactly well and it establishes a little bit more of a personal connection too um yeah. you know if it, if it feels like a human went the extra mile to to do this thing for you that they didn't have to do um it establishes that loyalty um on a much bigger scale than, than if they didn't have a human connection with, with your business or your brand. Yeah. So how do you measure success when you're building content? Like, what does that look like for you? What are the, some of the key metrics or things that you're really paying attention to? Yeah, that's a really tough question. Um, when it comes to pretty much any type of content marketing, right? Um, because the whole idea of content marketing is that it's, it's not a direct, you know, one-to-one, -one, this is, this is a measurable scale. 
Um, it's, it's like I said, it's more about enhancing the brand. And so essentially what I'm always searching for is, are we, are we enhance, enhancing the digital presence of the brand and the in-person presence of the brand, which is not really something that you can quantify very easily outside of social media numbers and, and engagement numbers and things like that. But those can also be misleading if you're looking at them the wrong way, right? Um, you know, if you have a ton of followers, but zero engagement, then it's sure telling people that you have a ton of followers sounds good. But in reality, it's not really very impactful because no one really cares. Because um, if they cared, they would engage with your stuff. Um, and so essentially, I'm, I'm always looking for signs that we're enhancing the brand. Um, you know, how many people are commenting on what we're doing? How many people are going the extra mile to tag us in things or send us messages or, you know, anything like that? Um, because like I said, it's, it's so hard to quantify these things. Um, but when the signs show up, you, you see them, you know, when somebody messages you and says, Hey, I saw you at this race. Um, you know, my son was with me. We decided to buy a hat because, you know, we, we want to go to every single one of your races. That's a sign that, that you're enhancing your brand. Um, sure, it's not it's not a quantifiable, you know, piece of data as much as it is just a, it's a sign that things are elevating. Um, and so I know that's kind of not a super solid answer, but um, it's it's a difficult thing to make into a quantifiable. Um, yeah, well, I mean, with anything, especially with a lot of the majority of content being social media related, regardless of platform, mm -hmm. over time, you will, you know, if you're generating the content and people like it, like you said, you know, you could have a ton of followers. So you'll see the follower counts grow. Now, mm -hmm. that's one measurement. But if that follower yes. count is not engaging with the content, so you have to have the two together, you know, yes, exactly. So if you're looking at it, you know, like year over year and you say, I started the year with this much and I'm getting this much in the way of engagement, you know, right. your comments and your likes and your shares and everything, you know, if yeah. you're getting that, then you say, okay, a year later it's grown. You know, you can actually put a percentage to it if you want. Yes. You know, it's going to yes. take a little bit of work, you know, to see how much, you know, I say follower accounts, one thing, how many comments and things, how much content, right. you know, you can, you can measure it. You know, at the end of the day, you're going to want to say, okay, did it generate more? Well, if yeah. you ended up with more sponsorships, if that's the thing that you're shooting for, if you ended up with, you know, if you're e-commerce or something and you have seen your sales grow because you've stuck to this strategy of getting people that user generated content, you know, so one of the things about, you know, measuring success is you have to do it over a longer stretch because mm -hmm. it takes time for any strategy to play out. You know, it absolutely does. If yeah. I say, Hey, I haven't seen anything in a month. Well, that's because you need six months, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, for it to actually make an impact. And, yeah. you know, I say, cause you're only going to send so many, you know, e-commerce packages, you know, right. and you might get one out of every 10 people that actually do something that received a product. You know, yeah. maybe it's one out of three or four because, you know, but you had to try a few different variations of the strategy, you know, incentivizing, mm -hmm. not incentivizing, you know, different things. So know that 
it can be measured. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge and you need to allow a proper time period to do it. Yeah. Especially when you're, when you're doing things a little bit like the long road, right? I I often think about content marketing as the long road. Mm -hmm. Uh, Publishing an article about what you do is not necessarily going to generate 10 sales today. Right. Um, what what that could do is someone reads it and tells it about their brother or, you know, their coworker. They go read the article who knows somebody who could be of, you know, benefit to what you're saying. And so then they send them. Um, and so there's a few different degrees of separation. Right. Um, yeah. And so it, it's a little bit of a longer road than some traditional advertising might be. Um, but oftentimes, you know, I think with especially with non-traditional businesses, you kind of have to think about your marketing in non-traditional ways. Um, and so content marketing is still one of those non-traditional things that you can go about doing um, to try and benefit the brand in the long run. Um, and like you said, I mean, social media does offer insights and numbers. Uh, they can be tough to look at sometimes and a little bit hard to maneuver through all the menus and things like that to really understand what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, you can you can use those metrics to understand what's happening to your brand or your business on a digital level. Um, yeah. And I mean, we've all seen accounts that have 23,000 followers and the, each post gets five likes. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a sure sign that, you know, their engagement rates are not good. And so, you know, they could be fake followers or just they have not done a good job of keeping their audience engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing that we always look for is shareability, right? Um, right. if you can make a post that is, uh, has a higher chance of being shared, that's a great thing. Um, because it's one person telling another person, Hey, you should go look at this. And usually it's their best friend or their husband or their wife mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and that's gonna That's going to have a higher chance to convert into an engaged audience member than if, if, you know, it came from somebody random. Yeah, that's the idea is, you know, you know, that over time, you know, you're going to have to make adjustments. Certain things, like say, if you get, you know, 23,000 followers, but only five of them bother, you know, you get five <laughs> engagements, then, yeah. yeah, they could be fake. But it could also be that, you know, you need to adjust your content strategy. They're not interested yeah. in the things you're publishing and right. you're going to have to get them to re-engage. So you have to, you know, you got to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Yeah, Absolutely. and that's... That's with any business. Hey, this has been great. Uh, Tucker, how would people find you? You know, I say there's a lot of niche businesses out there that, you know, can use, you know, your kind of help. Um, Certainly, if there's a race team out there, you know, (laughs) I highly encourage them to, you know, to give you a, a, you know, a call. And so that, you know, because there's a lot of benefit to, you know, for any kind of sports related, you know, professional, yes. whether it's a race team, it's an archery person, it could be, you know, um, there's all sorts of, you know, people. I, I, I want to give a shout out to also like this is totally left field. But um, if you have never seen them, you want really re- great content. The Savannah Bananas. Um, have you ever heard of them? The, <laughs> I have. Yeah. Right? So the baseball team, I mean, we because t- we're talking about content and they've yeah. taken baseball to a whole new level. It's the most interesting, <laughs> interesting way of going about it. But they've built a massive online following and they are as niche as uh, they're literally a minor league baseball team that now is more like the Harlem Globetrotters, which everybody's heard of. I mean, it's like right. um, 
those things are possible. You have to, you know, consider what you're doing and they create tons of great content. You know, they're an yeah. extreme example, but yeah, that's true. You, <laughs> you, you just have to, you know, envision what you can do for your own business. But Tucker, how would people get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, you can visit www.wolfmediagroup.com or find me basically on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, any of the above, just at Wolf Media Group. Um, if you're looking for LinkedIn, it's just at Tucker Wolf. So that's that's me. Yeah, and if you uh, find him on LinkedIn, I highly encourage check out some of the posts he's got on there because he's got a you know, a number of those race cars you know that we were talking that's about true. earlier. Um, there's some good pictures on there and it, yeah. just to show you some variety, because if you're not a fan, um, if you've never been to a dirt track race, check it out. It's just totally worth it. It's like I say great, easy, you know, yeah. uh, um, down home family fun. That's, you know, totally worth the evening. Right. Well, and you know, I do, I try to post pretty much daily on LinkedIn. Uh, sometimes it's as simple as cool photos that I've taken, but also, a lot of times it's advice on content marketing and, you know, what you can do to elevate your digital presence, especially for non-traditional non-traditional businesses like motorsports. So I post a lot of uh, a lot of advice and insights on there as well. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Master, CEO of Titan Digital. We've been talking about content marketing for niche businesses. You know, there's so much you can do. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.